Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys the highest upside picks for your 2020 fantasy football draft. Now, what does upside mean before you even get into it? Upside means these guys have the highest ceilings. These are guys that could absolutely win you your league that you are finding inside of the draft. Now, obviously, some of these guys have these super high upside, these super high ceilings due to the fact that they're a lot more risky than some of the normal players that I like to typically target, but you don't win your league by playing completely safe. So we're talking about guys that I think really have potential to be league winners and guys that I think are just going to overall have a lot of upside and are guys that I'd like to target in my 2020 fantasy football draft. So before we get into the video, I'd like to ask you guys could please go down below and click that subscribe button if at any point you end up enjoying because I'm going to produce content every single day to help you guys win your fantasy football championship. So let's get right into the video. Highest upside picks for fantasy football in 2020. Coming in here at number one, we have Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons. Wide receiver, FFPC ADP. If you guys are new to the channel, FFPC is these high stakes types of leagues. So leagues that people are paying 100 plus dollars in to play in right now 45.56 ADP is average draft position so he's going around pick 45 he's an Atlanta Falcons wide receiver like I said six foot one 189 pounds 25.5 years old while age doesn't necessarily matter I always figure I should just say it his workout metrics go as follows 86 percentile 40 yard dash 64th percentile speed score second percentile burst score which to me makes no fucking sense because the guy's pretty fast 42nd percentile agility score and a 24th percentile agility radius so if we're looking at Calvin Ridley's stats last year in Atlanta wide receiver number 27 total in 2019 he played 13 games but only started 10 of them 15.0 PPR points per game 18th at the wide receiver position 63 receptions 4.8 per game 30th at the wide receiver position 93 targets 7.2 per game 34th at the wide receiver position 866 receiving yards 66.6 per game 30th at wide receiver five red zone receptions 42nd in the NFL and seven touchdowns 13th in the NFL you might be thinking Nick why do you have Calvin Ridley as a high upside pick the reason why is because I believe he has the potential to finish inside the top 10 at wide receiver I know you might call me crazy but I think him and Julio even being on the same team could finish super duper high this offense was number one in passing offense in the NFL last season they're like the Baltimore Ravens but of passing they were throwing the ball all the fucking time and there's something that is called the Matt Ryan pattern now I might have to trademark this because this is a next level thinking when you're thinking about Mr. Matt Ryan Matt Ryan has a good year and then he has a great year then a good year then a great year good year great year it's like one of those uh what are those things called that fly above the NASCAR races, the Goodyear blimp? That's what it's like, the Goodyear, and then he has the great year where he hops on a fucking rocket, goes past the blimp, and hits the goddamn moon. He had a good year last year. This is going to be Matt Ryan's great year, and Calvin Ridley is going to absolutely eat in this situation. Now, another reason why I like Calvin Ridley is actually shown off by these stats that I found on Rotoviz. Now, I understand if you're watching the video, if you're listening to it on a podcast, or however you're watching this, if you are actually being able to see the screen, it looks a bit fucked up because Rotoviz was smoking the sheesh or something. So the uh, the way that it's ordered is pretty wrong. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to explain it to you. So in seven games with Mohamed Sanu, and the out of split is the six games without Mohamed Sanu. Now, pointer, Mr. Mohamed Sanu actually left the team to join the New England Patriots. He got traded during last season. And spoiler alert, 
Calvin Ridley was playing so much fucking better once Mr. Mohamed Sanu was gone. So without Mohamed Sanu, 14.62 half PPR points per game versus 10.83 when Mohamed Sanu was there. 17.45 PPR points versus 12.9 with Mr. Mohamed Sanu in the game. His target total almost was up by two. 8.17 without Mohamed Sanu versus 6.29 with Mohamed Sanu. 5.67 receptions versus 4.14. And his touchdown total actually went down with Mohamed Sanu actually being or not being in the game, which is the only stat that actually went down. His targets were higher, his receptions were higher, his yards were higher by about 30. Uh, so he was really tearing it up once Mohamed Sanu left. I think that's because it really paved the way for Calvin Ridley to be the true wide receiver two on the team. And while you might think, oh, Nick, how could some guy be on, be a wide receiver two on their team and finish inside the top ten or be a super high upside picnic? Are you fucking stupid? We have to understand that Julio Jones is, Jones is going to take the best fucking corner. So, Calvin Ridley's not facing as good of a quarter, but actually something interesting to note is the best corner was guarding Calvin Ridley multiple times last season because Calvin Ridley was absolutely on a tear late last season after Mohamed Sanu left. Something interesting to note is that Calvin Ridley also plays in one of those divisions where it's just shoot out fucking central. He's playing against these teams. He's in Atlanta. He plays against Carolina, which is a division game where he is going to be scoring. Their offense is going to be scoring a lot of points, a back and forth affair. Regardless of how bad Carolina is, they're still going to fight back in the game. He plays against the Saints. The Saints are a good, pretty good team that can go back and forth. And he also plays against Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think Calvin Ridley really has a whole lot of upside this year. He's probably my favorite high upside pick. That's why I had him at number one. I really think the sky is the limit for Calvin Ridley this season. His ADP is far too low for what I really think he could finish as. So the second guy here, we've got one that's a bit more risky in Cam Akers, running back of the Los Angeles Rams. FFPC ADP 53.64. Now he's 5'10", 217 pounds, Florida State University alum, 21 years old. Now his 40-yard dash is a 4.47 87th percentile, 89th percentile speed score, 66th percentile burst score. His agility score was so goddamn fast that they don't even rank it. And 51st percentile in bench press. Now, obviously, he is going to be a rookie this season, so we only have stats from when he played at the University of Florida State, home of the W Eater, famous Jameis Winston. 11 total games last season, because obviously they didn't make the playoffs, because that team was absolute booty cheeks besides Cam Akers. 231 rushing attempts, 1,144 rushing yards, 5 yards per carry, which is fucking hilarious, because his offensive line would crumble like the fucking Falcons in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. Sorry to you Falcon fans there. I just thought that would be fucking funny. So their, their offensive line was just getting absolutely caved in. Just getting smashed, smashed, smashed. And he would just run through like seven fucking guys and just take it and just run. I don't understand how he did it. He was also the best offensive lineman in or on the Florida State team. The guy's a professional blocker back there. He was the only reason why the quarterback probably didn't actually die for the Florida State University. So 30 receptions on 42 targets, 225 receiving yards, so he's a solid pass catching back, 18 total targets, or 18 total touchdowns, I should say, and 9.70% target share. Now I know, you might be wondering, oh my god, Nick Cam Akers is going to be in a running back by committee. I understand. Maybe at the beginning it's a running back by committee. Sean McVay came out there and said, oh, it's going to be a running back by committee. And can't." But Sean McVay is a known capper. He's one of those guys that just fucking lies straight to your face. Before the Super Bowl, he was saying, Todd Gurley's going to be fine. Todd Gurley's this. Todd Gurley's that. You know what Todd Gurley did in the Super Bowl? Fucking nothing because the guy was hurt as fuck and they had to use fucking C.J. Anderson to run the goddamn rock. So Sean McVay is known to be kind of 
a liar at times, but he also has told the truth last year. He told us, ah, nah, maybe not, because last year he kind of told us he thought Todd Gurley was going to be fine, and then Todd Gurley obviously still wasn't fucking fine because they had to put him on a snap count. Now, something interesting to note about Todd Gurley, actually, is the fact that he finished as running back number 14 last season in just 15 games on a snap count early on in the year so he had that reduced load they wanted to give him less snaps early on in the season because they didn't want the guy's fucking knee to explode because he's got that knee arthritis like he's your grandfather but in this time Todd Gurley played on 71.1 percent of the snaps Darrell Henderson who ended up getting hurt played on 8.4 percent of the snaps and Malcolm Brown played on 20 percent of the snap. So I really think we could see Cam Akers eventually emerging and becoming that head honcho back for that team, the workhorse back that they really rely on. They drafted Cam Akers this year because they don't believe, uh, they probably do believe somewhat in Darrell Henderson, but they needed more backs there. And Cameron Akers is a very talented back. We, if he had a, he probably landed in the best spot out of these rookie running backs to really perform. I understand that the Los Angeles Rams offensive line is not the greatest in the NFL. It's actually really not that good at all. But Cam Akers will still be able to perform. Sean McVay is a genius play caller, and I think Cam Akers is really in for a great year. The only risk that comes with Cam Akers is drafting the guy into a situation where you're, you're not really too sure if he'll start early on, but I think Cam Akers has a fucking terrific year this year, and I think he's going really, really, really underrated due to the fact that some people are worried about the system, when in reality, the system was only not a workhorse system last year, where the, there was a workhorse back in Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley was injured. Next guy here on the list of these super high upside guys is Evan Ingram, tight end of the New York Football Giants, FFPC ADP 57.44. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. Six foot three, 234 points, 20, 25.8 years old. So this guy's workout metrics, he may be one of the most ath- freak athletic fucking guys in the NFL. 100th percentile 40-yard dash at tight end, 4.42. This guy is fast as fuck. 120.4 speed score, 96th percentile speed score, 87th percentile burst score, 91st percentile agility score, and 93rd percentile catch radius. So what does that mean for Evan Ingram? It means the guy's a fucking absolute freak, like I just said. The guy is an athletic menace. So looking at his stats from last year, tight end number 18 in 2019 playing at eight games. Now I know there's going to be people who have watched my channel before are going to be in the comments thinking, Nick, why the fuck do you, do you talk about how Evan Ingram has so much high upside if you don't even want to draft him? The reason why I don't want to draft him is because of his injury history. But if the guy could miraculously stay healthy, he is going to be a fucking dominant tight end this year. I just personally don't believe he could stay healthy. But when you're measuring upside, you don't measure it off the fact that the guy might end up dying. You got to measure on the fact that he could easily be a top five tight end given he stays healthy 13.7 ppr points per game seventh at tight end so his points per game when he's healthy he's very good for the team he's going to finish probably inside the top 10 if he could stay healthy but obviously like i said he never really can 68 targets one off of being super nice 8.5 points or not points per game per game number 14 at tight end 44 receptions 5.5 per game 13th at tight end 467 receiving yards 58.4 per game 15th at the tight end position five red zone receptions 24th at tight end and three total tutties 19th at tight end now I know what you might be thinking that oh my god Daniel Jones isn't as prone to throw the ball to the tight end as Eli Manning this that and the other thing don't fucking worry about that don't worry about sweetheart like that fucking uh, meme Uh, so Evan Ingram is going to absolutely tear it up if he can stay healthy. 
the guy's points per game total is going to be super duper high. If we actually look at his points per game in the past, the guy has been a top 10 points per game tight end ever since he's entered the league. In 2017, tight end number 4 PPR points per game, tight end number 7 PPR points per game in 2018, and tight end number 7 PPR points per game in 2019. It's only a matter of health for Evan Ingram. So Evan Ingram could easily finish inside the top 5 at tight end, if not be the number 1 tight end in fantasy football as long as the guy could stay healthy. So next guy up to bat here is Mr. James Conner, running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, FFPC ADP 31.696 foot 1, 233 pounds. His his workout metrics are absolutely atrocious. 25 years old, 40-yard dash, 4.65, 31st percentile for running back, 63rd percentile speed score, 6th percentile burst score, 18th percentile agility score, but he is swole, 51st percentile bench press. If you guys saw that picture of the guy's back, he looks like a fucking superhero. So James Conner, last season, it wasn't his best season, actually. In 2018, when he took over for Le'Veon Bell, because Le'Veon Bell said, fuck it, I'm gonna go ride some goddamn jet skis in Miami instead of playing football he was really good but last year riddled with injury just like the season before so just like with Evan Ingram we're seeing the high upside come because if he could stay healthy he could really eviscerate some defenses and play good for your fantasy football teams RB 35 last season in 10 games 14.6 PPR points per game 16th at running back so he was a running back two when he was healthy 116 carries 11.1 per game 28th at running back 464 rushing yards 46.4 per game 40th at the running back position 39 targets 3.9 per game 36th at the running back position 34 receptions 3.4 per game 31st at the running back position 2 251 receiving yards, 25.1 per game, 32nd at the wide receiver position. Or by wide receiver position, I mean running back because James Conner's not a fucking wide receiver. Red zone touches 19, 1.9 per game, 45th at the running back position. And his total touchdowns were 7, 17th at the running back position. So why do I believe he has so much upside? We can actually take a look here at his points last season when he was actually healthy. If we actually look deeper into his games, we can see that his points per game total is pretty skewed because he ended up getting hurt, obviously, in two of the games he played. Week 16 against the Jets, 3.2 points, and against Cleveland, Week 11, 2.6 points. In the other games, he was actually pretty solid. 10 points Week 1 against New England, which was a very good defense at that time. They were fucking scary. 13.5 points against Seattle Week 2, so he's a top 20 running back there. And then against San Francisco, he gets absolutely eviscerated, 7.7 points. But then against Cincinnati, 20 26.5 points, a top 10 running back that week. 11.5 against Baltimore. Then the next week, 30.9, the number one running back that week against the Chargers. Then 24 against Miami, and then he gets hurt, and everything turns to shit. Except for week 15 against Buffalo, where he was actually managed to put up a solid game with 15.1 points. So, what I'm thinking is we're to see more of what we saw in the middle of the season last year. The 26 points, the 11 points, 30, 24 point games out of James Conner if he can stay healthy. Now, that if is a huge ask because the guy must be made of glass or something because he always gets hurt. But I love James Conner. I really think his upside is immense. He could easily finish as a top 10 running back in points per game. So if you just draft him knowing that the guy's going to end up getting hurt and that you're going to have to have a replacement for him, you're going to end up very happy with James Conner. He's no longer a top 10 pick, but you want to know why he was a top 10 pick? Because of this upside, and we didn't really see too much injury the season prior like we saw last year. So I think James Conner is a super-duper high upside pick that I could really see tearing it up for a lot of fantasy teams coming this year. And the final person of the video, we got Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens wide receiver 79.96 FFPC ADP 5 foot 9 166 pounds out of Oklahoma 23.1 years old now a sophomore in the NFL
I also just absolutely lied to you because Marquise Brown is not the last player. There's actually one final player after we talk about Hollywood Brown. So if you guys have enjoyed thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button. So Hollywood Brown last year, Baltimore Raven, wide receiver number 46 in 2019. He actually was kind of hot and cold. He came off against Miami and legitimately, I'm a Dolphins fan, he dicked us down. He did the defense dirty. He was like... He was like, boom, straight up the ass of the Dolphins' defense. He was on fire. The guy played fucking amazing. 10.5 PPR points per game, though, because he was kind of one of those guys that you put in your lineup, and he is that guy that will legitimately win you the week or just do nothing and lose you the week. He's a fucking firecracker, I guess, in your lineup. He's either going to blow it up or he's going to maybe, you know, screw you over like uh, that one guy who blew his hand off that used to be on the Giants. Shout out to him. 14 games played, 11 games started, 46 receptions, 3.3 per game, 54th at wide receiver, 71 targets, 5.1 per game, 59th at wide receiver, 589 receiving yards, 41.7 per game, 56th at wide receiver, 9 red zone receptions, 13th in the NFL, and 7 total touchdowns, 13th in the NFL. So Hollywood Brown actually scored a shit ton of touchdowns for only having 46 receptions, which is probably going to end up going down. But what I think is going to go up is the Baltimore Ravens pass attack. Baltimore ranked 29th last season in pass attempts per game with 29.4. I understand you probably can't actually read that on the screen because I fucked it up. But the last three games through, they played throwing 37 times per game. Now, this is skewed because against Tennessee, they had to throw the ball 50-plus times because they were getting dicked down by Derrick Henry. So why do I think their pass attack is going to have to go up? Because I honestly think that the Tennessee Titans might have drawn the the blueprint to fuck the Ravens. How do you beat the Ravens? By running the ball against them. How do you beat the Ravens? By making it so that Lamar Jackson can't get out of the pocket. Make sure you limit Lamar Jackson, you limit the run game, and you want to, and you make Lamar Jackson pass. So I think Lamar is going to be passing a lot more this season. I think that's going to be very good for Hollywood Brown. I think with his speed and with him being the best wide receiver on that team, aside from Mark Andrews, who's a tight end, I think we see a lot better of a season out of Hollywood Brown this year in 2020 in comparison to what we saw last year when he emerged into the NFL. So final player here of the video, we got Mr. Latavius Murray, running back of the New Orleans Saints, former running back, one of the Vikings, and then they kick his ass out to the New Orleans Saints last year. Latavius Murray, FFPC ADP, 127.56, 6'2", 223 pounds. Now, I understand he's 30 years old, but he is no slouch. 40-yard dash, 93rd percentile, 96th percentile speed score, 74th percentile burst score, 76th percentile agility score, and 67th percentile bench press. So Latavius last year was running back number 28 in 2019, so he was no guy that you really wanted to start in your lineup, but he was an okay flex in these much deeper type of leagues. He played all 16 games, 9.8 PPR points per game, 37th at running back, 146 carries, 30th at the NFL, 637 rushing yards, 39.8 per game, 29th in the NFL, 43 targets, 22.7 per game, 30th in the NFL, 34 receptions, 2.1 per game, 31st in the NFL, 235 receiving yards, 14.7 per game, 35th in the NFL, red zone touches were 29, 1.8 per game, 25th in the NFL. His total touchdowns were 6th, 26th in the NFL. Now, I know you might be thinking, Nick, how in the actual fuck can Latavius Murray be a high upside running back? How could he do that? He's the running back two on the team. Alvin Kamara starts over him. Latavius Murray may be the best handcuff in fantasy football. If Alvin Kamara was to end up getting hurt again, you'd see Latavius Murray really burst onto the scene. Now, I think we might see some more involvement by Latavius Murray. He got nine carries a game last year. I think we could see that potentially go up this season, but at the end of the day, he's more of a handcuff type of pick, but he is a super duper elite 
fucking handcuffed. If we look at last year, I told you before, Rotoviz was a bit fucked up, so the number, the way the numbers are ordered are absolutely fucked up. So two games out of split without Alvin Kamara playing versus 14 with Alvin Kamara in the game. So with Alvin Kamara playing, he's getting five half PPR points a game, 6.32 PPR points per game. He's only getting about one reception a game, 1.79 targets, 10.64 yards, seven rushes. He's getting not even a touchdown, 0.15 touchdowns per game, and 29.71 rush yards a game. So that's fucking terrible, right? But when Alvin Kamara was hurt, this guy legitimately took the defenses. He literally grabbed their ass with his hands and just went to town. Two games without Alvin Kamara. 30.85 half PPR points per game. 34.35 PPR points per game. This system of offense that Sean Payton runs is so good for Latavius Murray because Latavius Murray is a talented running back. Alvin Kamara obviously much better than him. That's why he's the starter. But Latavius Murray can do what Alvin Kamara does, which is catch the ball as well as run the ball. You can easily tell that because he had averaged seven receptions in the games without Alvin Kamara. Nine total targets per game. 0.5 receiving touchdowns, 43 receiving yards. And in the rushing game, 24 touches, 1.5 touchdowns per game, and over 110 rushing yards per game. So if Alvin Kamara was to get hurt, this guy legitimately goes from someone who's riding the pine on your team. If you're in a deeper league, maybe he's in the flex for some of those juicy matchups where you might think he could find his way into the end zone versus... Not versus, he just becomes the guy you throw in your lineup and is a top 10 running back, maybe even top 5 for fantasy football. Now, obviously, I was kind of wrong about Latavius Murray last year. I really thought that he was going to get more involved like we saw with the Mark Ingram and with Alvin Kamara when they both played on the uh, Saints two years ago. I think maybe we see more increased involvement from Latavius Murray. While he's more of a handcuff, I still think his upside is that top five running back if Alvin Kamara ends up getting hurt. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If at any point you ended up enjoying the stats or you just ended up enjoying my commentary, you had a fucking fun time, click that subscribe button down below. I love each and every single one of you guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow with yet another banger of a video. Check out one of those other bangers of videos on your screen right now. I'll see you guys tomorrow. As always, Passah.